Ismith, now that your and Alex's partnership has led to this point, how and why has what you do and what he does, your style and his style, worked well, so well together? Because we listen to each other. I don't think either of us has to be right in any situation. And um, I've uh, really come to really respect his opinion, what he's got. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that, that, I mean, he's on go all the time. And I said the only thing he's guilty of is, is never stopping to try to make our club better. But I think the, the one reason is because, you know, like I say, neither of us has an ego. Neither of us has to be right. We listen to each other. Um, you know, and then it's kind of, pro- you know, a lot of times we'll have conversations, then we'll leave, and then we'll come back a couple hours later, and it kind of, you know, you let things sink in, and and, um, and and two, we come to a mutual understanding all the time. I mean, it's it's good. It's a great relationship. I enjoy, I've learned a lot from him, um, and, uh, but it's just, like I say, it's just, a, I think two guys were bouncing things off each other, and, and ultimately we just want to do what's best for the team. That was Brian Snitker, manager of the Atlanta Braves, talking about his relationship with Alex Anthopoulos. There's a whole lot of AA love out there. Have you notice that, Barker? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, it should be. He's good at what he does. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. But, but you know, there, I, I don't think you read too much into that. It's, you, know, you, you look at it, you say National League East is not any good. You know, I, I was hearing Alex talk and it, and it does seem like when he made those trades for the outfielders that they, he, he is a guy that looks at a lot of uh, run differential. Yeah. Our run differentials, this, the other teams nationally in the national league East run differentials, this, I think at the time when he made those trades, the Mets were what nine games above 500, the run differential was like plus six. So you're <laughs> saying to yourself, if you're Alex, well, this is not going to hold. You know, my, my, my run differential is higher. If I can go out and add a couple of pieces, maybe we can make a serious run at this and go where we ultimately want to go. So, yeah, I think sometimes Alex doesn't overthink it. Then that might be a strength. Don't overthink it. Look what's right in front of you. Get some as much information as you can from the guys that are trying to do it every single day and mold them both of those things together. Maybe you can go where you want to go. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, the, the job that Alex did at this, at this trade deadline um, God, we've, we've chronicled it. It's remarkable. Um, and of course, Alex was on this show and told the story about how basically it all goes back to, to his experience with the Toronto Blue Jays and the realization that, uh, if you, if your team is in contention or if they're, if you think your team is in contention, the, uh, you owe it to the players, to the fans as well, to, you owe it to everybody. Mostly, I think you owe it to the players to maximize their opportunities and to maximize their chances of making the postseason. And yeah, what I what I find really fascinating about about the moves Alex made this off season, I'm sorry, in in season at the trade deadline, something that he said, and the numbers bear this out. You know, they they made a deliberate effort to bring in players who, yeah, their numbers may not have screamed screamed out at you, but they were on the up and up. They were players who had were putting together a little bit of a run at the time that the deal was made. And I think Alex's approach was, I'm not going to be able to replace Ronald Acuna, clearly, but or and Marcelo Zuna, but maybe I can bring in four or five players that, if the manager uses them the right way, could add up to as almost as much as what we would be if we had those other players. Yeah, and, and, and it worked out. And in the process, in the process, Kevin, what it also did is it increased 
I mean, it increased uh, it increased Brian Snitker's yeah. options. He's uh, got a healthy team okay, now with Jorge Soler. It doesn't take no rocket scientist to know that the Nationals were punting. They're they're rebooting, and the Phillies and and the Mets can't get out of their own way. So 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 if you're if you're if you're Alex and you and you're in your BMW and you're on your way home and There's you're going, a Beamer whatever he's whatever he's driving if you're if you're going home and you're looking at the teams you think you can overtake, you know the the teams aren't real good and they can't get out of their own way and it makes it a little easier for you to go okay we're gonna need to make these moves we got this guy we got that guy but we need a couple of guys to solidify and make our team a little bit better. And we we can make a serious run at that. So the National League East helped him make his decision, is my point. We know an awful lot about Dusty Baker, the manager of the Houston Astros. And, of course, the Astros and the Braves will uh, will be opening the World Series tonight at 8 o'clock on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan. Um, Dusty Baker, of course, has been part of the furniture for a long time in baseball. So has Brian Snitker. It's just that people haven't noticed him. He spent 40 years... I mean, I put it this way. Brian, Dusty Baker is a baseball lifer. Brian Snitker is a Braves lifer. Uh, he's been around the Braves in one capacity or another, I think 20 years straight or something like that. And he's waited. This is hard to believe. He's waited. He, he waited 40 years to get his shot. 40 years. Four zero years mm. to get his shot as manager. And... um Along the way, obviously, had a lot of people. We talked to Cito Gaston yesterday. Brian Snitker had a lot of people in his corner. Hank Aaron was one of them. Rick Sweet was one of them as well. He uh, is a manager of the Nashville Sounds, which is the Brewers AAA affiliate. He managed you. Yeah. And and still somehow is managing. Man, stayed in the game, managed to overcome that. He stayed in the game. <laughs> but he yeah. is. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're funny. Spoken like a guy with exactly this many minor league at bats. Huh. Exactly that. I, I will say. Exactly I will say. That I will say this. Not because he's coming on this show. I've had a lot of managers at the minor league level. He's You've the, always he, liked. He's him. no. He's the best. Mm. My, he's the best manager I've ever had at the minor league level. And there, there's a lot comes with that. You know, the, a lot of them being a, a manager at the minor league level, you have to be a father figure. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying at at my point in my career. You know, I, I that's the first time I ever got traded when I went from the Brewers to the Padres, and he's the first guy I saw when I went in the locker room. He was the first guy to walk up to me, shake shake my hand, uh, tell me what his name was, tell me he was glad for me to be there, and that was a it was a little different for me. I'd, I'd never been through that, and I needed somebody to just to come over and say, "You know, we're happy to have you." And that's what Rick, Rick did, and and we we had a. He's more my friend now than than. You know he ever was as a as a manager, but you need those guys. You need you need people around you that that'll give you good advice, that'll tell you the truth, that will tell you like it is. I, you know, again, it's he's one of those guys that would be very hard on me to set an example for everybody else because he knew I could take it, and that's that's what comes with being a good manager. Uh, Rick Sweet bounced around to say the least. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. Uh, Mariners bullpen, <clears throat> Mariners bullpen catcher in '84, advanced scout in '85, '87, single A manager for the Mariners, '88 moved up to Class A, joined the Houston Astros as manager of the Osceola Astros, promoted to Double A, spent three years managing the Triple A Tucson Toros, <laughs> 1996 was added to the Astros' major league coaching staff as first base under Terry Collins. 
managed the AA Binghampton Mets in 1997, was hired by the Expos to manage the Harrisburg Senators in 1998. That team won the Eastern League Championship. That was a terrific team. That was all your favorite Expos players. They played for Rick Sweet. Mm-hmm. A promoted to the Ottawa Lynx, the International League in 2000. Then he managed the San Diego Padres AAA affiliate. Then he managed the Detroit Tigers AA affiliate. Then he went to the Cincinnati Reds to manage the Louisville Bats. Yep. For seven years, and uh, he joined the Brewers organization. He was a roving instructor in the Red System. I mean, he he knows both these managers. The, the, knows both Dusty, these managers Dusty Baker well. was the manager at the, uh, the big league team for the Reds when he was there in AAA. So he, I'm sure he had a lot of conversations with Dusty Brian Snicker. He's obviously known him forever. So it'd be interesting to see who he's rooting for. Who, yeah, who, you know, the, he has to have a side that he's pulling for. Who do you think it'd be? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure Rick Sweet is probably he's probably managed or coached thirty of the people in Absolutely. this at one, at one point along. Anyhow, so we're looking forward to having Rick Sweet uh, join us. He is uh, my God. He's a terrific baseball man, and uh, it's uh, it'll be good to get his take on on Brian Snitker because, as I said, I don't think we know a great deal about Brian Snitker. Dale Murphy, legendary Atlanta Braves player, he joins us at eleven thirty. Eleven o'clock, we will take your calls at four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We'll ask you a question: Who you got in the World Series? I got the Astros in six. Parker, I think you're taking the Astros as well. You going six? You yeah, going I wish seven. I, you know that's it's hard. Uh, my heart's saying the Braves because I grew I grew up as a Braves fan. I, I, I used to watch the Braves every single day. I used to watch the Braves with my dad. It sort of got me into baseball was watching that team play. Uh, but, you know, sometimes your brain's got to take over a little bit, and it's right in front of you. I just think the Magnificent Seven for the Astros, the longer this thing goes, and I, I do think the Astros are going to win it in six, but I think the longer it goes, it's just that lineup for the Astros is puts so much pressure on a, an opposing manager and a pitching staff as a whole just no give in it. Eight, you know, the eight and nine batters in your lineup, who, who cares? <laughs> it's you're so worn out one through seven that does it really matter? Eight, nine, who's hitting eight, nine for the Astros. So I think that's going to be the, the determining factor of the outcome of the series. And I just think the Astros are too much. Yeah. You know, we, you look at that team and there's an awful lot of contact in that lineup. The lineup is really well balanced. There's not a, I don't think, a, a tremendous platoon advantage to be gained going lefty on lefty against them. The Braves have those three lefty relievers, Matzik, Minter, and Smith. And those three lefty relievers, Kevin, are going to have to face an awful lot of good right-handed hitters as well. I just, I like, I like the Astros lineup better. I have real... Real, real deep concerns about their starting rotation. Maybe Framber Valdez has figured it out. Maybe Luis Garcia is the 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 move, you know, the move with his with his foot in the rubber, the little mechanical adjustment they've made. Maybe, maybe he's figured that out. But my confidence level in Charlie Morton and in Max Fried in particular, even though Fried location was not great as last start. My confidence level in those two is better than my confidence level level in the Astros and the Astros starters. But uh, yeah, at, at, at the same time, yeah, you know what? I'd like to see, I'd like to see Alex win. I'd like to see Alex win the world series as general manager. Aren't you picking the Braves? 
I mean, I just I, I think the Astros are on 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 balance a better team, and I think they've. Yeah, and I also want Dusty to win. I want Dusty to win his World Series. Yeah, I'm torn. I, I I really want Dusty to win his World Series, and I also from from a purely chaos perspective. I love the fact that if the Astros win, it's going to create a lot of issues for people who still view them as that the cheating Astros. Yeah, still, it's always I, good. To, I, I it's always too. good to have a little cheer. I still do. I always will. It's always They'll good always to have a little cheaters. Whoever's on that team in 2017 will always be known as that. It's always They'll good to have a little cheer. It's always good to have a little cheer. So I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not upset. I'm looking forward to the series. I think the baseball is going to be really good. I think the baseball is going to be terrific. I'm really intrigued in the fact that you've got Alvarez and Eddie Rosario going into the series. And again, we've talked about it. They, they are, they are unbelievably hot and both managers are going to have to, they're going to have to make some decisions about them. You know, I, I see that Brian Snicker is saying he's leaning towards sticking, leaving Eddie Rosario in the leadoff spot, which I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't, but it will be, it will be interesting to see how Jordan Alvarez is used by, Dusty Baker in National League games, especially late, uh, late in those yeah, games. Yeah, I, I, I like would... it, it, if here's the thing, it, it's easy to sit here and say, okay, let's play defense for Jordan Alvarez. What if you're yeah. down by a run? I, I what think, if you're up by? I a run? think you would. I, I think on the flip side of that, you you probably see them not use Michael Brantley as much, other than Jordan Alvarez, just because Alvarez right now is a better hitter, and Michael Brantley this year has really struggled against left-handed pitching. So it makes it a little easier for you to. You know, take one guy out in National League rules, depending on how Brian Snicker uses the big three lefties out of the bullpen and those big situations on who you're playing defense for. No matter how it works out, the defense in the outfield in National League rules for the Astros is not going to be very good. Plain and simple. They're, they're more thinking about outscoring people than they are out defending people. And and that is a big advantage to the Braves. The, the Braves in this series have a huge advantage. They're used to National League rules. They're more geared up. They have a better defense in the outfield when it comes to playing National League rules. That makes it a little bit harder on Dusty, which we all know Dusty's issue has been in the playoffs, making the right move, double switching, who you take out, who you don't take out, all the things that go into to a championship-winning ball club. That, for me, is the one thing. But I, I, I would think sometimes, I, I just for me, sometimes you just don't overthink it. Well, who's my best team? Who's my best lineup? Who struggled this year against left-handed pitching the most? Well, sometimes I think it's Michael Brantley a little bit. We saw that in the last series. That was Chris Sale. You know, that that funky windup that he has and where he releases the ball from and how hard he throws. That'd be tough on any left-handed hitter if your name's not Jordan Alvarez other than him. So uh, you could sort of give him a little lenience there. But track record this year, Michael Brantley hasn't been as good against left-handed pitching. So maybe that's the way they go. I just... For me, I just think that that puts a little bit more pressure on people like Alex Bregman, and that for me is the one guy you need to get him. A, if you're the Astros and you're and you're Dusty Baker, you try and get him a few more at bats when it matters the most. When it matters the most is not oh oh with nobody on base. That's coming up with somebody in scoring position. Try and get him as many at bats like that. Get him to using them more the big part of the field. He's got a little alligator arm thing working now. Mm-hmm. That's out and around. Barrel's not in the hitting zone long enough. He he. You can throw in breaking balls that look like strikes. He gets himself out. I just think with runners in scoring position, maybe bears down a little bit more for Astros fans' sake. 
He's a little bit better staying more right center. He stays right center. He's a little shorter. That means he'll pull a few more balls, use the Crawford box, be a little bit more productive. So every little thing's intriguing. You know, they, they both teams for me are equal defensively and until you go to the National League rules. And then the outfield defense for the Astros is not very good. So that'll come into play. But offensively, how's it looking? Uh, Rotation-wise, that's, for me, the Braves. Bullpen-wise, that could be the Braves. Now, they do say pitching and defense wins championships. Hmm. Just on the two things I just said, that'll be advantage Braves. But not too many not too many good pitching staffs have to face, and I, I do say that magnificent seven, funny, but it's true. One through seven smothers pitching. You saw it with the Red Sox. First time through, Red Sox had a little success. Astros saw those guys more times than more than one time. That's when they start laying off good pitches. They get better pitches for them to hit. And when they do that, their talent shows up. So that's why for me, Astros and six. I think that's probably the prediction most people <clears throat> most people would make. Um, I'm looking at possible wild cards here. Po- health, obviously. Is is always going to be is always going to be a wild card uh, in these things. As I said, Jorge Soler, who was on the COVID list for the LCS uh, for all but the last two games of the LCS, his return coming at a time where the World Series will start in the American League ballpark really plays into really plays into Brian Snicker's hands. There's another reason to there's another reason to pick the Braves actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Jorge Soler, he, his impact on this series will be something to watch because he he was really good for the Braves. He was really good for the Braves after they after joining them. And the Astros, you know who we really haven't heard anything from all postseason is Alec Bregman. Mm-hmm. It's been just kind of it's been just kind of there. Played good defense. He would be the guy that I would that I would suspect maybe would be kind of a sleeper guy to have a to have a big series, uh, especially with you know all the the lefty relievers you're going to end yeah, up. Yeah, and and the seeing. number three starter for both teams, Ian Anderson, uh, Jose Arquiti, those are two couple of guys that you know I don't want to say give them length because that's not that's not 2021 way, but quality of when they are pitching. How good's it going to look? Can can they control the zone? Can they be efficient? Can they th- throw strike one? Uh, those things. Those two guys can't fall behind in counts. Stuff's not good enough. Ian Anderson wants to get you out. He wants to get you out on your front foot. He wants to use the changeup. He wants to elevate the heater, but he has to throw strike one. Those two guys. Arkady's sort of the same way. He's not a very hard thrower. Got to establish something to get you out with soft contact la- later in counts. Can they do enough to give you quality of their outings? Doesn't have to be length of the outing; has to be quality of their outing. So, th- those will be a couple of things you look at too. But it's it's just yeah, experience. Does experience come into play here? Trying to do too much on the brave side is that will that come into play? Hadn't been at this level as many times as the Astros in the last couple of years. Astros it can take a a deep breath, exhale. Knowing they've been there and done it before, they know if you stay within yourself, you know how to eliminate the crowd, you know how to eliminate early in games so you're more efficient, so you have more quality at bats. You run their bases a little bit better. You, you, you use your feet a little bit better on the in the field. All the things that come into play of heartbeat, 
Mm-hmm. Is that on the side of the Astros? So that'll be a little something to look at, too. As we mentioned, we'll be joined by Rick Sweet in a few minutes, a longtime uh, minor league manager. We'll talk about Brian Snicker, 40 years of the Braves organization. Wow. Think about that. 40 years with, with one organization getting a shot, getting a shot at managing in the World Series. Um, you know, it's, it's, I talked about this a little bit yesterday with Cito Gaston, or we talked about it with Cito Gaston. I, I, just, I find the, the age aspect of these two managers really a, an interesting storyline here as well. Uh, the fact that you've got in Dusty Baker, a 72-year-old manager who was known as a great communicator. And, you know, as Cito said, Brian Snitker, you look at the Braves, you look at the Braves' core players, they've all come up through the Braves' system. They're all homegrown for the most part, so it makes sense that you'd want a homegrown guy, somebody who... I mean, his DNA is all over the Brave system. Right. It makes sense you'd want somebody like that, uh, somebody like you, that managing this team. In a lot of ways, I look at uh, I look at the Braves, and that's kind of if you're a Jays fan, that's kind of what you want your team to be. Homegrown, uh, lots of guys, cost effective, like that. That's that's how you want your team to be if you mm-hmm. if if you're a Blue Jays fan, you want your team to be like the Braves, because I I. Probably not going to make a huge, I mean, I guess they could make a big free agent signing at some point, but that team was put together by smart drafting, smart international scouting and signing and trades. And that, yeah, that you, to me is going to be the Blue Jays. You said a young core and you, you sprinkle in veteran guys who've been there, done it before, like Charlie Morton's of the world. It's the reason why everybody that that's contending wants a Charlie Morton because he's been there, done it before. He has quality stuff and he can slow the heart rate down. That's the thing, too. Can, can Dusty Baker learn from mistakes that he made in past playoffs? This is the biggest stage. Everybody's watching you. Brian Snicker hasn't really made any mistakes, any big ones. Ian Anderson, he took him out because his eyes told him he wasn't going to get any better. Mm. Can he do that in a World Series? That's the thing. Life's, it's never going to be any brighter than it is now. These are situations that sometimes you, you you look, you know, when the cameras panned over to the managers and you see them shaking their head and why, running their hand through their hair. Well, Brian doesn't have any. But well, and he and Brian's going to be – this is a different manager. Absolutely. He's not He's not facing Dave Roberts anymore. Absolutely. He's not, so that's the point. Right. Yeah, it's, so that'll be an interesting little thing, too, of sometimes you got to make those tough decisions and just having the back of your player saying that, okay, if you say it, it's got to be true. We're buying into it. And – it's not the easiest thing to walk up to your third starter, Ian Anderson, in a big-time game and say you just don't have it. It just doesn't look like it's going to get any better. you got to have the trust of your players. Can he do that when the, when the lights are the brightest? Those are It's going to be a time. There's going to be a situation where both of these managers have to do that, have to make tough calls. And it, ta- it takes a lot of that goes into that. And it takes a whole entire year of trust from your players to just to buy into that, to saying that if you're saying it's got to be true. be fun to watch that. It will absolutely be fun to watch that. 416-870-0590, star 591 590 is the text line as uh, we will get your texts and calls in the 11 o'clock hour as to who you think will win the World Series. Barker and I have both made our, both made our pick, and I know Barker's upset because he wanted me to take the Braves just so we wouldn't both. Absolutely. Pick the same team. But it doesn't always work that way. Why not? It, it, it just it doesn't. Should. Uh, Lance McCullers, a little bit of housekeeping. Lance McCullers, no great surprise. 
will not pitch in the World Series. He's been left off loss. the roster. It, it is a big a loss. huge loss. Look on the flip side. The Braves got Charlie Morton. Healthy Lance. This guy, Lance McCullers Jr. Healthy Lance McCullers eliminates what I think is the biggest edge the Braves have. You know what it does, too? It eliminates a guy like Zach Greinke. Or Jose Urquidy. Well, Urquidy mm-hmm. for me is a little bit better than Zach Greinke at this stage of their careers. But Zach Greinke going to play some kind of factor in these games. If you're Dusty, you saw the same thing I saw when he was pitching. <laughs> yeah. Tough decisions to make. Um, there's an interesting little item in the, uh, on MLB.com about Eddie Rosario and Jordan Alvarez and, um, and, and how teams might, how teams might approach them. These, these two unbelievably hot hitters. And and one of the points that was made that I found, uh, that kind of jumped out to me is if you look at, if you look at Charlie Morton and Max Fried in particular, Kevin, both of them have got good curveballs. And I'm wondering if maybe when you have a guy like Alvarez, maybe you don't. I, I don't know if I'd say pitch backwards, but if you're Charlie Morton and Max Fried, you don't try to get a little creative with this lineup because the, the Astros murder fastballs. And, I, and I'm wondering if maybe you don't try to get creative that way. Yeah, I've said this since. Start since, off with the odd. Start off with the I, odd break. I said pitch. this when the White Sox were facing the Astros. They got to pitch the Astros pitch. in. You got to make them uncomfortable. You got to make them move their feet. If you put somebody on their high, on their fanny, that's that's just how it goes. I think when you establish that, and you can occasionally mix in an OO off speed pitch to get ahead in the count that way, that puts a little doubt in that hitter's mind of now, what do I look for? How do you zone up? Now you're looking more windows than you are pitch, and maybe this time of the year these guys guess a little bit more because these guys are nasty and you're trying to stay away from certain pitches. You want to be more aggressive. You're looking to maybe pitch than you are window. That's that's for me at least. You no, know, Freed's left-handed. He's got a, a devastating breaking ball. When he's got the feel of that, it's coming off the end of the finger, and he can repeat his delivery over and over and over. We had Tom Glavin on here, and he said, when the delivery's there, the lanes are there, his finish is there on the breaking ball, and he can establish the fastball in all quadrants. He's really good because he has velocity, he has location, and he has tremendous spin on the breaking ball. Charlie Morton's no different. He's a spin-it-first guy. That, that'll be the interesting thing to see against this team with a ba- breaking ball play in that Crawford box short mm-hmm. ballpark in well, Charlie will Now, Charlie will know how, I to, get it. Charlie will know how to pitch I get how to it. Pitch him because he pitched in it but, in, in but have, having a having a bad couple of innings against this team is not, I don't want to say it out loud, but it wasn't. It's this is not the Dodgers lineup. Dodgers had a, a a good lineup, but without Max Muncy in it, you could maneuver around it. You could navigate through it. You could have a bad inning or, or a bad inning and a half and still keep your team in it. Can Charlie Morton have that against this lineup? I'm not real sure, especially in this short porch, this short ballpark. That, that'll be a little interesting thing, too. Maybe you see him come out using more sinker, more four-seamer, more change-up. And then sprinkle in some more breaking balls. It'll be interesting to see how he attacks it early in game. He wants to get you out breaking ball. He he likes it. He's gonna throw a bunch of it. He's got a weird arm angle. It's sidearm, hard to pick up. Righty, if he's throwing it, if he's flipping it, he's got the good feel for it. He's hard to hit. But when he doesn't, what's he gonna go to? And maybe he mixes it up that way early in games, so he doesn't show it to him as much. Maybe he can go deeper in games. For me, he has to go at least six for the Braves to have a chance of winning this thing. Him and Max Freed have to go at least six. 
each time they it's going to be like old school baseball. You're actually going to have starting. You may have a starting. You may have a starting pitcher go seven innings. Well, you the, may have one or two go those, seven innings. Those two, they, they have to for me for the Braves to have a chance of winning this thing. Have to. Period. Have to. Rick Sweet is a longtime minor league manager. Uh, so long, in fact, that he. I'm not going to overblow the fact that he managed you. At one point, you did tell me that you were the best first baseman he's ever had. I, I will go a step further and say I'm the best player he's ever had. Oh, Jesus. Well, we'll find out. Rick Sweet joins us next. You're listening to Blake. The best he's ever had? Yeah. Well, you, is, is, but is Rick is is Rick the type of guy who would, just because, you know, if he was on with someone else that played for him, he would say he's the best player he ever had, too. He, he's managed forever, and the reason why, he is very truthful. <laughs> we're going to find out. You're listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fed. A little rudimentary, but the other night, so many emotions um, as you made it to this point, as you're here today. What What is it that's soaking in? What are you taking in? What does it mean? And all that to be here. Yeah, no, it's been... All day yesterday, I kind of just I roamed the house um, and was numb. I'm starting to get feeling back in my body and mind and everything. Um, you know, really, just the, the thought that my God, we are I'm, we're in the World Series. I mean, it's and how hard it is to get here. And um, I'll never take I never take a day for granted anyway. But this is this has been kind of surreal for me. And um, um, so it's it's. Uh, it's been great so far. I know that. I mean, it's it'll get hairy, you know, 24 hours, whatever. <laughs> you know, things will start ramping up. But um, no, it's been it's been awesome just to think of where we've come throughout the year and and um, now to put ourselves in this position. It's really really something special. It's Atlanta Braves manager Brian Snitker who will lead his team into the World Series against uh, Dusty Baker and the Houston Astros. Game one of that series goes tonight. Uh, we talked about the you know, 66-year-old Brian Snitker, 40 years with the Braves organization. Uh, Dusty Baker, 72. Been around forever in the major leagues uh, as a player, as a coach, as a manager. And we've also talked about how at this time, when so many uh, front offices are full of young, bright Ivy League guys, and the game is full of 20, 23, 22, 24 year old guys who are uh, who've already achieved superstar status. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to see uh, longtime baseball men get a shot. And because we know, in the case of Brian Snitker, I'm sure Kevin Barker, that there were a lot of times that he's a family man. Yeah. His son is coaching for the Astros, that? is hitting coach for the Astros. I, I, you've got to think there are times where he, a guy would think, man, do I, maybe, maybe I need to do something else because money's not always great. Absolutely not. Not the, the minor lot, leagues. The, you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of travel and you're not necessarily traveling to hot spots all the time. And you've got to really, I mean, you've, you've got to really, you've, I think what you have to be, it's like, I look at it this way. You have to be a teacher first and foremost. It's almost like you're a teacher to do that. You have to like being a teacher. And I think the best minor league coaches 
instructors yeah. are at their heart. You got to be willing to adjust. Adjust means if there's a better opportunity that comes about and you need to move on, you need to really think about that. You need to think about that for your family. I know I had to. That was the whole big deal about when I started in baseball and when I was ending my career you know, did I really want to go to Mexico and play in the summer league? Mm. That's an opportunity. It's one of those things where you got to go home, take a long look in the mirror and go, you know, I need to figure out what I want to do with my life. And coaches are no different. Well, Rick Sweet has uh, known what he's wanted to do with his life. He's a longtime manager. Uh, he's managed in a number of organizations, currently with the Brewers, managed the Montreal Expos organization, a pretty good Expos team as well. And yes, Rick Sweet joins us on Blair and Barker. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. I'm 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 also led to believe that you managed Kevin Barker and that you to this day believe that Kevin Barker is the best first baseman you've ever had. Please tell me that's not true or I'm not going to be able to live Abs- with him. It's absolutely true. <laughs> you know what? I can't argue with it. He uh if not the best, one of the best. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh, come on. Come on, that hurts. Uh, Joey Votto Joey, Joey is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was talking about minor leagues. That's well, a, hang that's on a now. Big, that's oh, a no, big no. leaguer. Bark you're, bark, bark, you're a big league guy. Oh, Come I appreciate on, that. bro. I'm talking about I'm, – I'm comparing you with Joey Votto. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that. Okay, I, before we get started into all these things that you've been through, how's it going? I haven't talked to you in forever. How's life treating you? How's your family? How's your seasons been? How's everything going? You know, you know what, Bart? I'm still having fun. Wow. That's that's the key. That's the key for me. I still uh, I'm still having fun. I'm doing well. Uh, I've got a son at the University of Kansas playing baseball. So my wife and I, uh, we moved to Kansas City so we can be close to him and Lawrence. And so uh, I, I've taken up residence here for I've been here well, since the end of the season, my wife's been here a month longer, and we're getting acclimated here. Uh, I've got two grandsons living in the state of Washington, and I, for the first time in two years, I snuck up to see them for, for a week here. Uh, because of the pandemic, I hadn't gone up there. Saw my mom. She's 92 years old. So I'm doing, I, Bark, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? Now, here's the key. How about you? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. We're 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 living life to the fullest. I I can't complain. But people that don't know who Rick Sweet is and your career, tell tell people a little bit about yourself. Tell tell us how long you've been a coach at the minor league level. How many games you go? I think I saw something that you've been a part of. Of I want to say over two thousand wins. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sitting at twenty one hundred right now. Uh, I I think I well I I know because uh, they've told me I I really wasn't aware of this until the last year or so uh, I've I've cracked the top ten uh, of the all time uh, minor league managers as far as wins uh, but there there's also Mark there, the other side of that is is there's uh, eighteen nineteen hundred losses also it's not <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> But this was my 47th year in, in baseball. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate. I, I got to play in the big leagues. I've coached in the big leagues. Uh, you know, so I've spent some time in the big leagues. But primarily, I think I've got two, 24, 25 years at the AAA level. That's been my main level uh, of managing. And, and uh, it's a level most people 
stay away from because uh, it's a tough level, but it's it's a level I've I've come to love. I I absolutely love the challenge of of AAA baseball. Now I, I was wondering, Rick. I know that you were with the Reds organization when Dusty was there. Um, what was yes. the, and and we've always talked about how Dusty is a really good you know a really good people person. Uh, what was it like with him, the communication? Because one of the important things when you're uh, when you're a AAA manager, look, you're dealing with guys. Uh, you know, as you said, it, it, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of Kevin Barkers. Yep. You're dealing with a lot of guys who are either really good and, you know, are, are prospects at one time and are moving up and down the chain and are being shuttled around or guys that may stop off and they're way up or guys who are just playing for the love of the game. What was it like to have that relationship or the, the relationship like with Dusty? Well, you know, when I worked for Dusty, I, I remember the first time he walked in a meeting in Cincinnati. I was there before Dusty got there. And he walked in, and, and he looked around, and he looked at me, and he goes, Sweetie, where's your mustache? <laughs> and I, and I kind of laughed because at that point, the Reds had a facial hair. Uh, we were not allowed to have facial hair in the minor leagues. I said, Well, Dusty, you're going to have to change the rule if you want me to grow my mustache back. So, uh but I, working with Dusty was fantastic. I played against Dusty uh, when he was with the Dodgers and I was with the Padres before either one of you guys were born. Uh, I don't know about so that. I, I knew Dusty. Uh, well, no, I yeah, was born. I, I was born I, then. I was around then. I think I had your baseball card. I'm dating myself. Yeah, well, if you had my baseball card, then you you've put a few years. You're you're much senior to bark then. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but but I loved working with Dusty. Uh, I I try to pattern myself as far as how I manage a game uh, with with the major league manager. So I'm preparing guys to go up. But uh, my, my big thing is what Dusty's main thing is, and that's communication with with players, with with the front office. Uh, I say what I think. But yet, I I know I work for an organization. At when I I work for Craig Council right now, mm-hmm. I I try to prepare players to play four counts in the big leagues. I did the same thing with with uh, Cincinnati. Dusty, uh, I would probably talk to Dusty at least once every couple of weeks, but most of the time about every week. Uh, he and I would talk, and we'd talk about players, and you know, I, it's uh, for me, I was. For me, I was trying to convince Dusty that Barker could help him in the big leagues in Cincinnati, uh, and and making sure that he knows exactly what the guys are doing, whether they're good teammates, if they're playing good baseball. You know, numbers don't always tell you everything. Right. Numbers are important, but they don't tell you everything. And I know Dusty wants players to come up to be part of the team, and. He wanted that input. He wanted to know if this guy is good in the clubhouse, is is holding his head up, uh, is battling through adversity, is helping the team win. And when when the Astros picked Dusty, I knew that was going to be the perfect fit for the problems they were going to have and go through. And he was because he takes that all on his shoulders. He'll take care of all that. You 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 boys just go out and play. Rick, what does it mean, do you think, for a lot of baseball people to see you know, Brian Snitker, 40 years with the Braves, uh, 
you know, he's talked about there were times where he wanted to have get not just you know, he wanted another job, um, stuck with it. What does it mean to see a guy like that get to the World Series? Because you know, I think a lot of us, you know, yesterday the and I'm not taking anything away from the Cardinals, but they named a 35 year old guy as their manager, youngest manager in the majors. We've seen the game skew younger. I, it's kind of neat to see guys who've done the hard yards. And again, I'm not saying these other guys haven't. But it's neat to see guys who've done more of the hard yards, I guess, finally get their finally well, get their due. Well, I, there's no doubt about it. You look at the managers, even when Mike Shield was still with the Cardinals, he's a guy that never played professional baseball, but was groomed from day one, worked himself up through the through the Cardinal organization. Uh, and I, I know Mike. I know Mike well. Uh, you know, I, I was shocked when when what happened happened, and I still don't know what the the inside part was. But yes, uh, you know, it, it's the Cardinals were an organization that that do it from within, and they did it again. They named a young guy that that has very little managerial experience, uh, and and but he's within the framework of an organization uh, that that has built over a long time. I mean, you go back to Tony La Russa, it, it's not changed uh, the inner workings of the St. Louis Cardinals. So, uh, you know, I, I was not surprised they named him. Uh, I think he's from within the organization and uh, you know, that works, but, but for me, you know, being a, a long time uh, baseball guy, it's great to see Schnitger and, and, and uh, Dusty Baker and, and these people that have spent, Tony La Russa, uh, have spent a lot of time in the game having success uh, at, at the upper levels. And that, that means a lot to guys like me that still aspire to possibly get back to the major leagues. Yeah, sweetie, that was going to be my next question. I, I know playing for you, you'd be a great big league manager. You're a great communicator. You, you tell it like it is, which is exactly what every player wants from a manager. They, they want you to tell the truth have you ever wanted to quit have you ever been you know seeing guys that, that get uh jobs and you're like man i, I do better job than th- those guys i've made more adjustments i'm sure you've had to adjust from just say the time that in 2002 i came over from the brewers to the padres you've had to adjust your game from then until now and i'm sure you've had times has there been times you're sitting at home going man is there anything else i can do i should be in the, in the big leagues managing I can honestly tell you, I've never thought about quitting. No, uh, it, it's no. I, I, I really, you know, I'm to the point in my career. Uh, Bark, when I when I had you, you were still young that that first time. Now the second time, you were at the end of your career. But the first time, uh, you're right. You came over. You were young, trying to get back to the big leagues. So was I. Uh, I wanted to get back to the big leagues. Um, I guess I was young at that time too, kind of, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you, you know, it, it was, it was, I've never, I, I enjoy what I do too much. That first opportunity to tell a player, Hey, you're going to the big leagues and have them look at me and say, you're, I always hear the same thing. You're kidding. You're not messing with me. Are you hmm. come on, sweetie? You're not, you're really, you're not messing with me. They can't believe it. Even though, they know it's their time. They know they deserve it. But that just seeing that in their eyes and knowing that I was able to help 
prepare them to get to the big leagues. That means a lot to me, and I still enjoy doing that. Rick, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. It was great to uh, give you and Kevin a chance to catch up. We we really appreciate your insight. Thanks, and and be well, man. Thank you, Bart. Stay in touch, buddy. Yeah, I will. Sweetie, I I just want to say this before you go. I tell Jeff this all the time, and I tell listeners that listen to us, you are the best minor league manager I've ever had, and I've had probably more than I should ever have. So take that as you'd like, but, you you know, you, you do it the right way. Keep doing it. Bart? I appreciate it, man. That means a lot coming from you. All right. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. See you, bud. Bye. Rick Sweet, manager of the Nashville Sounds of Brewers AAA affiliate. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I I say that with, uh, I was one of those guys that said, no, you're kidding. Because I I was at the end when I was at the Reds. You know, it was, they were a little bit more of a veteran team. They were in the middle of who they were wanted to be as an organization. And they had Dusty. Dusty's a, a veteran manager. He's, you know, re- still respects that veteran guy trying to still make it at the big league level, and I was one of those guys. And to have a guy like Rick Sweet call me in the office, and I was, you know, it was funny when he was saying that. Still, those guys say, "No, you're kidding." I was that guy. I said, "No, you're kidding," because I couldn't believe that at, at that point in my career, I was still getting called up and still having an opportunity to play. And I went to Dusty, and you know, Dust, Dusty was sort of the same way that Sweetie was. He was honest. He was one of those guys, and I, I think that's how players relate to Dusty and want to play so hard for Dusty. Dusty tells the truth. Yeah, and I, and as I said, I really wanted to get, I really wanted to get somebody on who managed a long time in the minors and who, um, understood would be able to relate to, uh, to to Brian to Brian Snitker and his, and, and what he's done because again, it, it's. It's one thing, and believe me, I'm not taking anything away from Dusty at all. And if you've listened to this show, you probably, you, you, you know, you, I think you have a pretty good handle on how we feel about Dusty on this show. But, I mean, it's one thing to, it's one thing to have a long major league managerial career. It's another thing to have a long minor league managerial slash coaching career. And and this is the other thing people need to realize. A lot of these guys, they they coach as well as manage. It's not like you necessarily yeah. become a manager and then forever, never, never you're a yeah. manager. You can be a manager. You can be a roving instructor. And, and basically we're still talking about nights away from home. Absolutely. It's not great money. I mean, it's Absolutely. just not. And remember too, they're, they're a, ma- a minor league manager is exactly like a minor league player. It's year to year. Mm-hmm. They're not getting three or four year deals to do this, and they don't so, get. Hey, that, how, and how and you're sweetie, you're not sweetie, getting you're, sweetie, not, you're not getting major league pension. Absolutely not. You, they, I don't even <laughs> know if they that. get a, a minor league pension. I don't even know if it's that worth it. So it's more of you still see the light at the end of the tunnel. You still want to be a big league coach. They're just like players, and it, it's just to hear Sweetie talk about. That's why I asked him about. Has he ever thought about quitting? It's not an easy thing to not know what your future is. It's not an easy thing. Everybody wants to have some security. Minor league players absolutely do not have that. And to a nth degree, a coach absolutely does not have that because the 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 people that run are, are running big league teams change all the time. Their their way of thinking, who they like, who they don't like. Who's to know that you know a a a, a somebody in the front office of the Brewers like Rick Sweet even know who Rick Sweet is, right? So it's 
just to, to just to see him where he's at in his career and continue wanting to be that guy to coach and and actually be the guy that brings the information to a player to say, you know, hey, you're going to the big leagues. That's got to be the, the coolest conversation he ever has. That, that's the ultimate goal there is if you're a triple-A manager, you want to bring the news of you call somebody in the office. You know the joke I always have. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the big leagues, I, I leave my cell phone at home on off days. That's absolutely the truth. Oh, I, well, it's no, it's no different at, at the it. AAA level when you get a little older. If you have a bad week, a bad two weeks, there's a good chance you're an older player. You get released. And, and getting called in the office can go a couple of different ways. So having a guy like Rick Sweet who, who understands that, who knows how that works – and can break it to you in certain ways to to ease the pain, to to you know make it a little easier for you to make the adjustment from the minor league to the big league level. So they're 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 needed for me in all aspects of baseball, and and good for Sweetie to never want to quit, and never want to give it up. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it really it really takes a certain it really takes a certain person to to uh, to hang in there, and as you say still believe that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And, and and that's why I think it's so interesting that we've got a guy like Brian Snitker uh, in here at, at the World Series. And I think a lot of baseball people, uh, a lot of baseball people really, you know, they got – There are reasons to cheer for Brian Snitker and there are reasons to cheer for Dusty Baker. There, if you're a baseball person, there are reasons to cheer for If you're Brian, you have to have somebody in your corner. You have to have somebody raising their hand and going, I want Brian instead of that 35-year-old yeah, that I can basically tell whatever I want to tell them and they'll do it well, you've because also they got, haven't been there and done it before you've also, you've also got to have somebody. You've also got to have somebody in the in at the second level of the organization who likes you because you know as well as I do, minor league manager, minor league – coaches that's a political job somebody somebody gets the director of player development he's got a buddy whose kid is wants to get into coaching you know well why did why why did gibby come back here the second time because alex liked him plain and simple and, and why was gibby here as the jay's bullpen coach the first time that's so that there it's, you know? it, 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 it is. was people forget when gibby was here as a bullpen coach, he did two bad knees yeah he didn't do a whole hell of a lot of bullpen <laughs> catching no i'm serious man that was his buddy jp taking care of him yeah and but jp had a plan for him i knew jp was he was going to be in the coaching staff at some point and there's nothing wrong with that but the fact of the matter is that's the way it works in the game you have, to have you somebody know. in your corner bingo being a player being a coach is no different and just just you know that that sweetie Dusty Baker conversation of once a week, just Dusty having enough respect for Sweetie to be able to go, okay, Barker's good. Why don't you call him up? Mm-hmm. And Dusty actually saying, okay, I'll try it because like, you said let's try it. I love the mustache story. Yeah, Absolutely well, I, I can relate to that too because Sweetie made me shave my beard the first time I got sent down from the Reds. Which was for a day. It was, and then I got called back up and I was, you know, all mad at Sweetie. <laughs> 